Hola, soy Miguel Maltos González, coming back to you on Firme, Cuentos y Arte Podcast. Mm-hmm. Been working on some new arte lately, kind of talking about uh, bilingualism, talking about how we play with words, how we use words, <laughs> and those kind of jokes that only bilingual people would, would connect with, you know, like one of them, for example, a little phrase that I hear often when it's somebody's birthday, <laughs> I hear the little phrase, sapo verde, <laughs> and it's just because of the way it, it sounds, but it sounds like happy birthday, Sapo Verde, that it's just they're silly little sayings that people say uh, that, um, well, it's just kind of poking fun at being bilingual. It's an, an amazing power to have to be bilingual, and something that I'm putting into my artwork in a little series. It's going to involve words, phrases, little things that say, so I've kind of started doing some research, so it's not just what my parents say, (laughs) you know, the sapo verde thing is not something that comes from my family, Mm -hmm. no, my family very seldom spoke Spanish, and I say my family, I mean my parents and my siblings, you know, the only Spanish that was spoken in our house was by my parents, and it was to each other, and that was it. But we were never spoken Spanish to. And uh, unless we were in trouble. <laughs> then it all came out and we're like, I don't even know what's going on. Yeah. But uh, but the sample better that comes from my father-in-law. Who, he's from um, Veracruz. You know, predominantly Spanish-speaking, of course. And he... As a kid, um, essentially raised himself down in Veracruz. He made his way north up to Monterrey, uh, where he met his wife to be. She came from San Luis Potosí. She was born out on the ranch and um, made her way to Monterrey. And together they owned a shoe store. Yeah. Or rather, more like the, the mother-in-law owned the shoe store. And my father-in-law helped, you know, run it. And, um, so yeah, that's, that's what they did. That was their business. And apparently they did pretty well. <laughs> they did pretty well for themselves.
back to Mexico to close down the business and, you know, cut off the business ties and kind of put things away. And they were there for about a year or two. And then they came back <laughs> to the United States. Yeah, and continued to live here ever since. And, uh, yes, they, they earned their citizenship. It took them several years to go through the process. And, you know, whatever money they had saved from the shoe store, that's what helped them pay for this process. And, um, so, yeah. All the rest of the, the kiddos grew up here in the United States. And, um, yeah, so that's, that's what happens. That's what happens with, you know, the typical Mexican family. They come into the United States with hopes and dreams. And they bring their language. They bring their culture. They bring all that with them. Because that's who they are. So those little phrases that I hear, you know, I'm wanting to write down more of them, is that, um, yeah, I mean, that's that's part of a culture that, that I'm not familiar with, that I'm still learning about. Because my, my parents didn't come here from Mexico. My grandparents didn't come here from Mexico. We were in that Texas region already. We're indigenous to that area. And um, so, yeah, it, it's, it's a bit of a difference between my family and my wife's family. You know, we have been in the U.S. quite a bit longer. And our English came to us earlier that now the, the role is reversed. We speak predominantly English and very little Spanish. And all that happened because of uh, the way Spanish was treated at that time. Yeah, it was bad to speak Spanish. It was illegal to speak Spanish in some places. Yeah, if you spoke Spanish, you were arrested, man. You were in trouble. And if you were a kid, well, if you were in school and a kid, then they would literally beat you. Yeah, they'd take a belt to your your uh, pillows. <laughs> they'd take a belt to your backside, and they'd, you know, they'd beat the Spanish out of you, which is what happened in my parents' generation. And in order for their children to not be treated like that in school, that's why they didn't teach us Spanish. That's why they didn't let us develop Spanish. Because if we did, then we'd have that that accent that people associate with being Mexican. And of course, by the time we were born, in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, you know, we the school districts had changed from the way it was in the 1930s. You know, they weren't the same. They weren't doing that anymore. districts, the school districts, they had evolved, but parents didn't know that, they, they still fought the same fear of, I don't want my child beaten in school, so I'm not going to teach them Spanish, so that's why my Spanish is very far and few, that's why I know very little, and since then I've learned, I've learned more, I can understand it, I can speak it, 
but just not fluent. You know, and then you have someone like my wife, which is a fluent speaker, and as she's often told me, her mind doesn't think in English, it doesn't think in Spanish, it just thinks in, in, in its own thought, it's its own concept that comes with it, it's created, and then when it comes out of her mouth, it's in either of those languages, it, it could be a combination of a sentence of two languages. not because she doesn't understand the word in one language or the other. It's not because she doesn't understand either English or Spanish, and so she has to use both to express herself. No, it's the fact that her mind is wired, quite literally, in two languages at the same time. So it's sending a signal, and that signal can come out of her mouth in English and in Spanish. It doesn't matter. An emotion is an emotion. When she's telling a joke, it's a joke. It's funny. And when she's angry and she's saying something, it's just, it's anger. And anger's going to come out however it's going to come out, probably in English and Spanish. You know? And so when she's very passionate about whatever she's speaking about, it can come out in those both languages. And people see it as a person that's understand it as a person that that doesn't know or understand one of the two languages. And, um, and yeah, that's how a bilingual brain works. You know, my son is the same. When he was little, he was tiny. He, uh, both my wife and I worked, of course, and instead of him going to a daycare, he went to Grandma and Grandpa's house. So he learned his English there and a little bit of Spanish. Then he went to his Huela and Huelo's house, where he was only spoken in Spanish. So having that Spanish reinforcement in him, he grew up with that. And, you know, he started school in English when he was three years old. But by the time he went to kindergarten, he, he went in as a Spanish speaker. Yeah, he went in knowing some of the language, some of the English, some of the Spanish, and he went to a Spanish immersion program where he was, he was literally immersed in Spanish. That was it. That's all that they spoke all day. And the majority of kids in that program were English dominant for the purpose of them to to capture the Spanish language. And well he had that advantage, him and a few other students, they had that advantage of already knowing some Spanish, so they had their foundation. It just had to be, I guess in, in a formal way, you know, broken down. The alphabet, the syllables, you know, how you put words together, the the gender, and then as he grew older upper grades, you know, in the fourth and fifth grade, before he ended in fifth grade, by then he was quite fluent. And the teachers that he had, they all had different backgrounds. You know, some of them were, like there was one from Colombia, 
one from Mexico, one from Peru, um, one from, from Texas. And so, you know, he, he heard different dialects of Spanish and he can pick up on that. He's actually got a really good ear for that. And now he's excelled in his middle school Spanish to the point that he's starting high school already at Spanish 3. You know, he's almost finished with Spanish and he hasn't even started high school yet. This is going to be his, his freshman year. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, he's, he certainly has that bilingual brain. And he thinks and he jokes <laughs> and he expresses himself in both languages. And it's pretty fun because he'll see a word and he'll say it in English and Spanish. He'll say it both ways. And he'll just kind of like nod his head like, yeah, like that's what they would say, you know. And there is this one, and this is no advertisement, uh, <laughs> but he saw this this gym, this fitness center that um, he looked at it and he's like, Dad. He's like, what, son? And he's like, that sign over there, that gym, look at that. That's just so bad. That's just bad bad Spanish. Don't they know that? And I'm like, what? He says, over there, that bilingual business. And I looked because, you know, he stopped at the light and I looked. And he's like, look, right there. And I was like, where? And he's like, right there, right there. And I was like, oh, that one? The LA Fitness? And he's like, no, wait. That's not La Fitness? <laughs> and I was like, no, son, that's not La Fitness. <laughs> it's not a bilingual business. And he's like, but that's just bad. I mean, people talk like that because they think like it, but to put it in a sign to name your business La Fitness, that's, that's just, that's bad. That, that's wrong. That's bad Spanish. That's bad English. And I'm like, no, son, it's, it's not La Fitness. It's like the city, L.A. And he's like, oh, oh, well, they forgot the little periods. That's bad English. Oh, it's people. <laughs> it just, oh man. I don't know, it just, it cracks me up. Being bilingual, you, you see things that you're like, hmm, I don't know. Should I read that in English or should I read that in Spanish? I don't know. <laughs> so for those of you that are bilingual, you, you get that. You, I'm sure you, you've had those moments where you read something read it one way and you read it the other way and you're like oh okay it must be English because yeah yeah like up here in the Pacific Northwest I know it's going to be English <laughs> there's no doubt about that but um just to keep my mind fresh is I like to read these English signs in Spanish I don't know it just it cracks me up it amuses me um, some of the things that, that bilingual people have is that, that um, well, how can I say it? It's I not quite know the word for it, but they have this, this uniqueness about them, this ability to, to break down words and to express themselves that I think they become more articulate in some ways. I think they do. I feel they do. feeling that they actually 
feel emotion a little differently and can really connect with people too. And, and I don't just mean Spanish and English, no, I mean bilingual. You could be speaking German and English, French and English. You know, it's, it's all sorts of, of languages. Yeah. Just have a feeling that you think a little differently when you're bilingual. And it certainly helps in, in doing business and going to work. You can get paid more for being bilingual. In today's world, being bilingual is, is an advantage. And unfortunately, my parents' generation, you know, they, they didn't know that bilingualism was going to evolve this way. They, they had no idea, no way of knowing that, you know, because of their, the way they were treated, they took away the, the Spanish from me and my siblings. You know, out of my siblings, I think probably the younger sister and I are the only two that make an effort to try to speak Spanish. I think so. I don't know. I haven't really heard the oldest sister speak Spanish, and I know my older brother doesn't speak Spanish. Yeah. But it's one of those things, man. It's one of those things where that colonization, it follows you. It's not just something that happens back in the day and it stays there. No, it, it quite literally follows you in generation after generation. And up here in the Pacific Northwest, I've met, you know, Latinos, Latinas, Latinx people that they have never been exposed to Spanish. And, you know, one one good friend of mine, you know, I offered to, to lend her a book that isn't Spanish. And she's like, oh, but I... I can't read it. I can't read Spanish. I don't know Spanish. I'm sorry. And she apologized. And when she apologized, you know, that that hurt me. Not not because she offended me. Oh no no. Not not in not at all. Not in the slightest. But it hurt me in the fact that she admitted to me that she didn't know Spanish and that she felt bad for it and apologized. Like I don't know, kind of like I'm, I'm, I'm not Latina enough, yeah, and that, that's what hurt me, I felt her pain, I felt her, her uncomfortable moment, I felt her vulnerability, because I have experienced that, and I told her immediately, I was like, no, 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 I said, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, that, that, don't read Spanish. I mean, you don't have to read Spanish to be Latina, because Latina comes from from your heritage. That's who you are already. You were born with that. Speaking Spanish, so that's that's another part of the, the the culture. But unfortunately, that culture wasn't allowed to grow here. That culture was well, it was hidden from you. It was taken from you my earlier generations, and that was influenced by the white community here, of how you have to be American, 
how to speak English. And yeah, that 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 hurt me to see that in her. And I'm sure that's how she felt too. I mean, it's how it, it seems that she felt. And um, yeah, this is where where language is so important. This is where those little those little phrases that I'm looking into that I'm wanting to record from my my in-laws and my parents and other people. That's that's why it's so special to me to start this little series of, of phrases, and it's just the things that people say that generation, especially the generations up here in the Pacific Northwest, they may never have been exposed to this. They may never have heard these words. But that's why I'm doing it. To share. To maintain this this history, this heritage. To enjoy the concept of bilingualism. And to well, to hold on to our roots. It's so important to put that effort forth and try, man. So, and all that, that's that's what I'm working on today. A little cuento about bilingualism. And um, more to come, that's for sure. <laughs> so, uh, keep on the, the good path, keep doing the things you do, and we will talk again soon. Bueno.